turn in your pew Bibles to Romans 15, verse 33. We're getting close to the end here. That's on page 950 of your pew Bibles. As you're turning there, thank you for your prayers for Lynn and me. Had an MRI Monday and good report. Radiation oncologist said, I don't glow as much anymore. So I guess that's a good thing. Um, um, So thank you for your prayers. Um, But hear God's word. Uh, Romans chapter 15, verse 30. Uh, This is the word of God. I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf, that I may be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea, and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints, so that by God's will I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. May the God of peace be with you all. Amen. Here ends the reading of God's holy and divinely inspired word. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Let's pray. Our Lord and our God, uh, so many reasons to praise and thank you. Praising you for uh, your gracious gift of salvation. Praising you for giving to us um, your holy word, the scriptures that we can read in our own language. Thank you as well for giving to us your Holy Spirit, Lord. Pray, Father, that you would be at work in our hearts and minds even today, Lord, so that we would be hearers, doers of the word, that you would be growing us in our love for Christ, growing us in our grace and knowledge of Jesus, these doctrines of grace, all for your glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as you read through scriptures from uh, Genesis to Revelation, it, you know, it's humbling to see all that you can learn about prayer. It begins in Genesis, in Genesis twenty seventeen. Abraham prayed to God for Abimelech, and as you follow it through uh, to Revelation, um, even in Revelation 8.4, the prayers of the saints rose before God. You know, think about it. All of Scripture teaches us about prayer. It's one uh, good, helpful thing to keep in your mind as you're reading through the Word of God. You know, what, what can I learn about prayer in this passage of Scripture? You know, but in Scripture, our true and our triune God, a triune God described there in Westminster Shorter Catechism number 6, uh, graciously guides us and grows us in our faith as we seek his face in prayer. You know, one of the vital lessons for Christians to learn is this. Prayer is not only a private means of grace. It, you know, it's good to have your own private prayer time in your prayer closet or, or wherever. 
but God's word also calls us to pray as husbands and wives, uh, to pray as covenant families. You know, God also calls us as a church to be striving together in scriptural prayer. That, that's the truth there. In, in Romans 15.30, the, the first verse and uh, the last verse is where we'll especially be focused. But here again, Romans 15.30. I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf. You know, here in these, this portion of scripture, let us learn that in striving prayer, God strengthens our faith and promises his gracious peace. So the question then is, well, how can Christians learn to strive together in, in scriptural prayer? What does that look like? I believe we have a, a, a glorious description of that here in Romans fifteen thirty through 33. It begins with, we need to learn about God's power. Secondly, about gospel pleas, P-L-E-A-S. And then, finally, a gracious peace. But l- let us begin with God's power for striving together in prayer. I invite you, encourage you to keep your Bibles open. Uh, there to Romans 15, beginning with verse 30. But, but again, it's always important to look at these verses in context. Uh, last Lord's Day, we looked at Romans 15, uh, verses 22 through 29. It sets the stage here. Paul had a plan uh, to visit his brothers and sisters in Christ in Rome. Uh, but he informs them first he's going to go to Jerusalem bearing this gift Uh, from the churches in Macedonia and Achaia, and then he's going to go to Rome, see them in Rome, and then even then he hopes to head on to Spain, uh, not as a tourist, but as a missionary to spread to the gospel. You know, Paul is still anticipating that gospel fellowship of prayer with the saints. Um, You know, the close of Romans mirrors many of the themes we read early in Romans, Romans chapter 1, verses 11 and 12, Romans 1, 11, you know, Paul writes to the church at Rome, For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. You know, and so with that passion, gospel passion of Paul's heart. He wants to visit the church in Rome, to fellowship with them, to encourage them. Uh, But he begins by inviting them, asking them to pray for him. Now look there at Romans 15.30. I appeal or I implore, I urge you all, brothers, brothers and sisters. You know, it's an appeal for them to be praying together. You know, for the Apostle Paul, for his kingdom work of spreading the gospel. You know, but but he begins here by reminding them of of their gracious union with one another, brothers, brothers, sisters in Christ, and their union with Christ as well. And now is prayer, but he he comes about it in in such a, a striking fashion. 
You know, look again there at Romans 15.30. By our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, and then he concludes in your prayers to God. So there he mentions every person of the Trinity, every person of, of the Godhead. Lord Jesus Christ, love of the Spirit, praying to, to God on my behalf. You know, by our Lord Jesus Christ. That's an important title for Christ. It reminds us of his authority, the assurance of salvation that we have in Christ. It reminds us that he is the Messiah. You know, Paul had already used that title for Christ, and you'll see it in other epistles, but Romans 15, verse 6, same chapter, Romans 15, 6, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, if you're looking to uh, start your prayers to prime the pump, you know, just start with that title for Christ. Or, or think of all these titles. The Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Spirit, you know, God our Father. And by the love of the Spirit, that is a, a most unique way, scriptural way, to describe the Spirit. We would think, well, the love of Christ. No, it, it's here, the love of the Spirit. But remember in Galatians 5, when it's talking about the fruit of the Spirit, what's the first attribute of the Spirit? Love, yeah. You know, love, the, the love of the Spirit. And what I believe what Scripture is teaching us here is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, nurtures our love for Christ. You know, we pray by the love or for the love of the Spirit, and then in your prayers to God. Each person of the Trinity takes part in your prayer life. And here the Godhead empowers our prayers. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You know, it gives you power. You know, many times we feel so weak, you know, when we come to prayer. You know, physically weak, spiritually weak, you know, and here God empowers these believers, this church, as they're praying. You know, when you're struggling to pray, you know, you're, you're Prayer battery life is about dead. You know, if you have your computer or phone, it's blinking. You know, your gas tank is on E. You know, remember Romans 15.30. You know, but one more thing as we go to, as we think about God's power for striving together in prayer, to strive, the last phrase there, to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf. You know, to strive together, to strive with Paul in our prayers. You know, each word should be considered here. It's our prayers. We think of the Lord's Prayer, what is often called the acts of prayer, adoration, confession of sin, thanksgiving, supplication. You know, it's a good model for, for us to pray as we pray. You know, as you strive together with me in your prayers, you know, we, we strive, you know, want want to not stop, but 
you know, want us to reflect, meditate upon that word. It's not a word we often associate with prayer, striving. You know, think of it this way. You know, like Jacob, we wrestle with God in our prayers. Genesis 32, 24. And Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. You know, at times we wrestle in prayer. You know, we see this, you know, in the New Testament as well. Speaking of Epaphras, you know, one Sunday I'm... His name has been popping up. You'll hear a sermon on Epaphras after we're done with Romans. But Colossians 4, verse 12. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you. And then hear this. Always struggling on your behalf in his prayers, that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. You know, it's a good thing when we're striving, struggling, in our prayers to God. Lenski put it this way, it's a call for prayers into which one puts his or her whole heart and soul. You know, we're not not on cruise control. You know, not not praying while we're trying to drive to work holding a cup of coffee in our hand and fighting Lafayette traffic. You know, we're focusing on the Lord our whole heart and soul. You know, and what a glorious gospel privilege when Paul invites these fellow Christians to pray with him and for him. You know, what what a humbling request. Imagine that, Apostle Paul or Jesus saying, pray, pray for me, Apostle Paul is, is requesting of his brother, sisters in Christ. Pray for me. Pray with me. Let us pray together, striving together. You know, think of that word strive. I'm going to take one more pass at it. A little bit of an acronym here. You know, six, six scriptural ways of understanding strive, you know, taking each letter of strive. You know, the S. You know, think of it this way. There's a steadfastness in prayer. We pray without ceasing. You know, it's a command, actually, pray without ceasing. 1 Thessalonians 5.17. The T, togetherness. You know, our, our union with Christ and our union with our fellow Christians. You know, think of the early church there, Acts 2.42. They, they devoted themselves to prayer. Steadfastness, togetherness, the R, a, a resolve to pray. You know, it's not a one and done kind of prayer. You know, there is, there is a resolve you know, to set our face like a flint in our prayers. You know, that's why often Scripture calls us to praying and fasting. The eye, it's intentional. You know, make time to strive with God in prayer. Psalm 5, verse 3 puts it this way. O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. 
believe it was Spurgeon who said there there ought to be five times of prayer for Christians. First thing in the morning, you know, of course, with meals before we start work, noonday, and then to have a time of prayer in the evening. You know, it's intentional. Five, victory. So steadfastness, togetherness, resolve, intentional victory. You know, we pray to the Lord Jesus Christ who conquered sin and death in the grave. You know, we can strive in prayer knowing that thanks be to God who gives us the victory in in our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, it's not, well, I hope he hears my prayer. I hope he can help me. I, I wish he would. No, we know that God is with us. He, he gives us victory over sin and death in the grave. And the last letter, E, is endurance. So it's steadfastness, togetherness, resolve, intentional victory, endurance. You know, there's a verse there. We often read it at Christmas, you know, Luke chapter 2, verse 37, Anna. Anna in the temple, a widow. And some interpret that Anna was in the temple for 84 years. And what was she doing? Fasting and praying for the Lord to come. You know, endurance in prayer. You know, so we strive in prayer. John Calvin, in his usual blunt way, and you'll see it when I read the word, but listen. Since then, it is so great a favor from God to be helped by the prayers of the faithful that even Paul, a most choice instrument of God, did not think it right to neglect this privilege. And then here's the part. How great must be our stupidity if we who are abject and worthless creatures disregard it. You know, what are the takeaways there from Romans 15.30? You know, our great and gracious God strengthens our faith as we pray. You know, we're feeling weak, and, and don't let that weakness, that struggle, keep you from prayer. You know, quite the opposite. It, it ought to drive us to our knees in prayer, knowing that the Lord will give us his power from the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Spirit, you know, as we strive together in prayer, and, and it, we pray together. You know, it's vital for, for churches, for families, couples, you know, to, to be praying with other Christians. You know, God's power as we strive together in prayer. Verses 31 and 32 now of Romans 15, you know, our gospel pleads. P-L-E-A-S, as we strive together in prayer. And, and, and the Apostle Paul has two here in verse 31. He makes two gospel requests, pleas of the saints in Rome. First, that I may be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea. Remember that Paul is headed to Jerusalem. He's carrying uh, this gift, and it seems to be a generous gift, an aid gift to the to the poor saints, Jewish converts there in Jerusalem. You know, but remember, as he's going to Jerusalem, that's where the temple is, not only Jewish converts, Jewish Christians, but there are those who are 
sin-hardened Jews as well. And he knows there will be spiritual opposition. He knows that he will face fierce spiritual opposition from defiant and disobedient Jews there. And, And indeed he does. Imprisonment. Afflictions. And what happens when he arrives in Jerusalem? They arrest him in the temple on on false charges, trumped up charges. They seek to to kill him, you know, and there's almost a riot taking place. And in God's providence, the Roman soldiers enter the fray. They carry him to safety. They rescue Paul, you know, God's use of means here to rescue this servant of his. And you can read the whole story in Acts 20, verse 26. It's a great story. You know, Paul's imprisonment, his trials, and you read it to the end of uh, Romans. Uh, He does make it to Rome. But God delivered him. You know, God spared his life, not in the way that Paul thought, possibly. You know, but, but he pleaded for this prayer, Pray that I may be delivered from the unbelievers, the Jewish unbelievers there in Judea. The second request, his second plea there is that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints. Again, remember Paul's bringing this this loved gift, this generous aid to to the Jewish converts in, in Jerusalem. He had a concern there that the Jewish believers might reject this gift. Why would they reject the gift? You know, it was given by Gentile believers. Oh, we don't want to receive a gift from the Gentiles. They're they're second-class citizens, Christians. You know, but the second reason they, they might refuse Paul's gift or this gift from the Gentile churches was pride. You know, we're, we're Jewish. You know, we're, we're God's special people, even sinners saved by grace. You know, but all good reason to believe that that, that gift was accepted. You know, see Acts twenty four seventeen, And so Paul pleaded with the church, pray these two things for me, that I may be delivered, this service, this gift may be acceptable, and God heard their prayers, God answered their prayers. You know, but he not only had a gospel plea, but he had a gospel purpose there in, in Romans fifteen thirty two, so that in order that by God's will I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. You know, it's Paul's prayer and purpose that he would not only safely arrive in Jerusalem, but that he would arrive safely there in Rome, so that in joy I might come to you. you know, and as you read the rest of the story in Acts, remember that Paul was arrested there in Jerusalem on trial. He, he made his plea to Caesar, and so he made it to Rome. It took him at least two years to make it to Rome. You might know the story there in Acts, shipwrecks along the way. God spared his life, you know, but God answered to that prayer. 
And even though he was in chains under house arrest in Rome, I, I, would, I would submit to you that he was joyful, you know, be, because he was with his brothers and sisters in Christ there in Rome. You know, but there's a, a phrase there that the Apostle Paul uses there in verse 32, so that by God's will. You know, in earlier days, Christians would often end their correspondence. Last week we talked about a PS. Often they would end with these two little letters, DV, uh, Dio Volente. You know, God willing, this will happen. You know, that, that's, you know, that's not uh, pessimism. It, it takes a strong faith to say, no, I'm praying that God's will may come to pass. I, I submit myself to God's will. You know, in faith, I know that God knows what is best for me, for my family, for my church, for my country, for our culture, what's most important for the spread of the gospel of Christ, the glory of Christ. You know, think of the prayer. We pray every Sunday together, the Lord's Prayer. Now, what's one of the truths that we pray? Our pleas. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, we've got to be careful when we pray that, though. Lord, it's not my will be done. Not what I think is best. You know, it's a step of faith to say, Lord, your will be done in my life. Take it a step further. You know, how did Jesus pray in the Garden of Gethsemane? Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. What was God the Father's will for God the Son? It was to go to the cross of Calvary, to die for our sins. It takes great faith in a great God to say, Lord, your will be done in my life. Now, in prayer, we humbly submit our self-centered will to God's sovereign will. In prayer, we humbly submit our self-centered will to God's sovereign will. And we do it with joy. Joy because we know God has his plans to prosper us and not to harm us, to give us a hope and a future. You know, but when we, are, we pray so that by God's will, you know, we understand that God graciously guides us and grows us in faith as we obey his will, as it's revealed in his word. That, that's the first step when we're praying, I will be done. You know, the best way to know God's will is read the word of God. You know, God, God's word guides, directs us, orders our steps. You know, but then along with that, we, we pray. You know, we pray, Lord, your will be done in my life. You know, as, as I prepare for college, as I'm considering marriage, this, this job opportunity, praying for our children, grandchildren, 
You know, Lord, your, your will be done into their life. You know, but our sovereign God also calls us, like Peter, to step out, in the, out of the boat in faith and truly trust Christ. You know, we too can and should pray, Lord, may your will be done in my walk of faith with Christ, by your grace and for your glory. Again, John Calvin teaches us a rich gospel truth when he writes, quote, the sentence by the will of God instructs us in the necessity of devoting ourselves to prayer since God alone directs all our paths and all our steps by his gracious and unerring providence. No, there's a great phrase to remember, his gracious and unerring providence. You know, so when we pray, Lord, your will be done, you know, God's will is gracious. It's unerring in his providential watch care over us. You know, in one of the churches where Lynn and I worshipped, you know, before I started pastoring, uh, the choir would sing this chorus after the morning prayer, after the pastoral prayer. And actually this hymn is in our Trinity hymnals, uh, number 728, but it's a simple hymn. You know, hear our prayer, O Lord. Hear our prayer, O Lord. Incline thine ear to us and grant us thy peace. You know, a good hymn to sing a good phrase to to pray. You know, as we strive, you know, how do we make Romans 15, uh, verses 31 and 32, our own prayer as a body of believers? You know, pray that the Lord would use this, his church, Hope Presbyterian Church, to serve Christ, that we would be witnesses uh, to the redeeming love of Christ here in our Jerusalem. You know, pray, too, that we would joyfully know and obey God's will. You know, and those those phrases go together. You know, as we know God's will, as we obey God's will, there is joy. Eternal joy, lasting joy, gospel joy. As we are walking in faith, worshiping Christ, the gospel please as we strive together in prayer. So it begins with God's power for striving together in prayer. Our gospel please as we strive together in prayer. Finally, God's gracious peace as we strive together in prayer. Romans 15.33 and This verse may or may not be familiar to you, at least when we're gathered together in worship. Um, Keep notes, and uh, I preached uh, this verse on March the 15th, uh, 2020, two years ago. You know, to put it in context, that was the first COVID Sunday. You know, everything shut down. And we... Your elders um, made the, uh, the faithful decision, no, we're still going to gather for worship. But what did that look like? Well, it was the worship team, but even then a pared-down worship team, 
can't remember who all was here. You know, Lynn and I were here, and I think a handful of others, and we were scattered, maybe 10 of us in, in this sanctuary. It was our first live stream worship. Uh, Jason figured out the technology uh, so that we could do it. Can't find the live stream of the service. The audio portion is still on our church website if you care to listen to it. You know, but why this verse? You know, hear it again, Romans fifteen thirty three. May the God of peace be with you all. Amen. You know, in days of change, in days of confusion, days of uncertainties, the Lord led me to, to preach on this verse. We had begun our study of Romans. You know, the sermon title that day was this, Praying for God's Peace, Comfort in Crisis. It was true then, even more true today. But take a look at this brief verse. You know, God's peace, now may the God of peace. Again, if you want to do a study of scripture, just do a search of that little phrase, the God of peace. That's how Paul starts uh, this epistle to the church at Rome. Romans 1.7, Romans 1.7, to all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll see it often at the beginning of Paul's letters, but more frequently at the close of his letters. You know, the, the God of peace. You know, the God who is the source of true peace. You know, the God who graciously gives us salvation peace. You know, gospel peace, Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the God of peace, the God who gives us gospel peace. You know, so often we're looking for peaceful circumstances, you know, may there be peace in our home, may there be peace in our city, peace in our country, peace in our world, but, but it starts, you know, with that peace with God through faith in Christ. Therefore, since we have been justified, God declares us righteous in Christ. You know, the God of peace, so we can know peace even in the midst of struggles, Peace even in the midst of our sufferings and earthly sorrow. You know, the God of peace who graciously gives us peace through faith in Christ. You know, quite often at uh, funeral services for, for believers, you know, I read these promises, these words of Christ himself. John 14, verse 27 John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You know, when, when we know God's peace in Christ, our hearts will not be troubled. You know, we will not be fearful of the future or the storm raging around us or within us. 
you know, the God of peace. But there's a second part there, Romans 15.33. May the God of peace be with you all. You know, that, that's Paul's prayer for, for the church. And I believe it's still God's will, God's plan, God's purposes for us. May the peace of God be with all. Paul prays that all of God's children would know his gracious promise of peace. William Barclay put it this way, the man, or we could add the woman, the man, the woman of God who has the peace of God in his heart can meet all of life's perils unafraid. May we all know peace with God through faith in Christ. More than ever, our war-torn world desperately needs to trust in our God of peace, but each one of us needs to rest and rejoice in God's gracious promise of peace. That's a gospel truth that saturates scripture. Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7, do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And how does that verse conclude? And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You know, if you're struggling with peace, you know, peace in in your own soul, spirit, in your own work, community, whatever it might be, you know, God's word here, you know, calls us Pray, you know, to strive together in prayer. You know, by God's power, you know, making gospel pleas and and knowing his gracious peace. You know, and what's the last word there? I know you know it. Say it, please. Amen. You know, what does amen mean? This is true. It's true truth. We joyfully affirm this scriptural truth about God's promises and peace that we can know in prayer. You know, think of all the things we strive for today. You know, we strive to stay healthy, you know, still avoid COVID, avoid cancer. We strive to stay safe You know, what do parents always say to children walking out the door? Be safe. You know, be safe. You know, and and let us strive together in in prayer. You know, for these, these gospel purposes, one, you know, let us pray for safe deliverance for Christians in Ukraine and Mozambique and Sudan. Secondly, let us strive in prayer for the spread of the gospel, that unbelievers would know the love of God in Christ. Pray for our missionaries. They're there on the back of our bulletin. Pray, Lord, that you would be keeping them safe. Pray that as they are sowing gospel seeds, they would fall upon fertile soil. Finally, strive in prayer that the God of peace would be with us all. Until Christ comes again, or he calls us home to glory. All God's people said, Amen. Let's pray.
our Father and our God, we, we praise and thank you for your gospel promises in your word that are yea and amen in Christ. And Lord, may we as a church, may we as followers, servants, disciples of Christ, blood-bought children, may our walk of faith be marked by prayer. May we pray together, striving together in prayer, Father, for your will to be done in our lives, in your church, and your around the world. But Lord, pray that we would be faithful, fervent, steadfast in prayer. All for the glory of Christ and for the spread of the gospel. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.